my worst enemy The flesh that's covering me Brings me down to my knees Welcome to Sermons in the Park a ministry exploring biblical truth from the Word of God, focusing on the truths that help us in our daily walk with Christ in every aspect of our lives. Now, here is your Reverend, Jamie McCaskill. Hello, brothers and sisters, and welcome back to an all-new Sermons in the Park podcast exclusive episode. As always, I am your Reverend Jamie McCaskill. I want to, just like I said, I want to thank you for joining me here. Um, Now, I just did an episode um, for Sunday um, on evangelism. I called it uh, holy evangelism. You know, Jesus called on every Christian. That would be you, me. It doesn't matter who you are from every age, from every generation. He called and he, he told us to go and spread the gospel. He gave this command to the disciples um, it was after he was, uh, after he was resurrected, and, but it was also before, of course, he ascended to heaven and, and their full view, they could see that right now, when we look in all three gospels, no matter which one, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, we will see that they all recorded that order, that order that we all call the great commission. Um, We're going to look at one specific one. Flip with me to Matthew chapter 28. We're going to read verses 18 to 20. It says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always to the close of the age. Contrary, you, you, you saw it right there. Contrary to what a lot of people believe, this, does, this, this order here to go and evangelize, that did not end when all of the, when all of the apostles died. No. This is a command to each and every one of us. And it says, until the close of the age. You read it right there. That means until Jesus returns. Look at Luke 17, 24. For as the lightning that lighteneth out of the one part under heaven (laughs) shineth unto the other part under heaven, so shall all the Son of Man be in his day. 2 Peter 3, 10 says, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. So if you listen to Sunday's sermon on uh, on biblical evangelism, and you pay and, and you read along with me, looking at all that we know, looking at everything that Jesus taught about evangelism, that makes you just you have to ask the question why do so many 
and let's use the word confessing Christians, meaning they say they are, why do they neglect this great commission that God gave to every one of us? What are some of the most common excuses that, that people will give as to why they do not go and evangelize to the people who, who do not properly understand the gospel? These people that we say we love, why don't we go and evangelize to them? So what I did was I, I used some of the reasons that I have personally heard, and then some that, as I, I, I Googled and, and looked around online and even read some books, and what I did was I made a, uh, a top 10 list, top 10 excuses that people give as to why they don't go and evangelize. And then I, I added my own response to these objections. So um, that's what we're going to be doing today. We're going to look at these 10, this, this top 10 list that I made. Let's look at number one. It says, everyone already knows about Christianity, and if they don't, they can go on Google and search the internet for information. Now, I added the Google part right there, but still. Now, this has to be, to me, one of the silliest reasons that I ever heard. I want you to just stop and think about that for a moment. The generation that we currently live in, right now, they suffer from um, information overload. There are so many voices out there online that are crying into the dark. And they're, and they're, they're, they're just looking for attention. So, and, and, and along come all of these false prophets who, who create websites, who, who go on blogs, who start YouTube channels, who, who, who start podcasts like the one you're listening to. But, those, you know, and, but they're false prophets. And what they're doing is they're drawing our loved ones in to basically a cult. Is that something that you as a professing Christian want your loved ones to be drawn into? Do you want your loved ones to be drawn into these false gospels, to be a, a, a disciple under these false prophets? And I bet your answer is no, right? That's why we should all take our time and, and go and, and, and offer our loved ones the true gospel. Offer our loved ones peace in Christ. We should accompany them on their quest for truth. We should be right there holding their hands and showing them in the Bible what the truth really is. That's what biblical evangelism is all about. So let's look at number two on my list here. Number two on my list is, I'm not the kind of person to talk about my faith. I evangelize with my actions. This is one of the ones that you will see used most common. Because, yes, there is some truth to it. I'm not saying that there's not. Because true evangelism is both our deeds and our words, right? If you want to get technical evangelizing with our words is actually called proclamation, which is literally evangelism. Unlike what, what these people who, who, who say this believe, you need both. Both of them are equally important. 
I grew up in uh, the Church of God in Jonesville, Louisiana. And um, if you've listened long enough, you've heard me mention Brother Junior Trisler before. And I remember sitting in church, and he and I remember him talking about. You know, you've also heard me talk about, I grew up in a fishing community. So Brother Junior would use a lot of those uh, um, word art, if you will, where he would describe something, analogies. And he talked about sitting in a boat and and you're trying to go across the river and you're paddling on one side of the boat. What's going to happen? The boat's going to spin. If you're sitting there and you're paddling with one thing where you're you're thinking, my actions are going to show, you're just sitting there and you're spinning in circles. So what I did is I, I uh, because, you know, I know a few of you that listen are Catholics and you were raised Catholics or whatever. So I went, I went and I looked into the writings of Pope St. Paul VI, uh, specifically in a, a writing of his called the Evangelii Nuntiandi Nos 22. And there he says of witnessing with your actions this. He said, always remains insufficient. Because even the finest witness will prove ineffective in the long run if it's not explained, justified. What Peter called always having your answer ready for people who ask you the reason for the hope that you all have and made explicit by a clear and unequivocal proclamation of the Lord Jesus. The good news proclaimed by the witness of life sooner or later has to be proclaimed by the word of life. There is no true evangelization if the name, the teaching, the life, the promises, the kingdom, and the mystery of Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of God, are not proclaimed. Basically, you're going out and living a a clean Christian life, but you're never talking about Jesus. No one knows why you're that way. Okay? No one knows you're a Christian just because they see you doing good things. Point blank. So, let's look at the third reason given here. I am not a holy Christian. This one's another one that, that just bugs me. <laughs> you see, to me, it shows just how closely people pay attention to the Bible. Think about the Samaritan. Well, before I go into this, think about, you know, we, ha- we have Noah, Moses, or Noah, sorry. Noah was a drunk. Moses couldn't speak really well. David, he had an affairs. Samson, he slept around. When you look at the people in the Bible, you see, what we see is that it's not them. It's what God does through them. Think about that Samaritan woman that we read about in John chapter 4. Was she a holy person? No. But that did not keep her from going out and spreading the message of the Messiah. She went and she witnessed what Jesus had done for her. Read with me, John chapter 4, verse 29. It says, Come, see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? As I said in in that episode Sunday on holy evangelism, we're not trying to win people to ourselves, okay? If we were, then our personal sanctification would be important, wouldn't it? But no, 
We're trying to win them to Jesus. The gospel is not about you. It's not about me. It's not about anybody else. The gospel is about Jesus Christ. And the question that the people have to grip, to grab a hold of is this. Who is Jesus? Now, having said that, while you're evangelizing, that should give you the opportunity to, to look at your own life, to reflect on your own decisions. So let me say this. It'll help you to achieve your own goal of becoming that holy Christian that you think you're not. So let's look at number four on my list here. Non-Christians are going to ask me about the scandals of the church. Why would we want to invite them to join our church with all of these problems? Now, this one, when I found this one, this is one that I found online. I believe that this one is talking more about those sex scandals in the Catholic Church. But you see, also there are the scandals of, that have been, have been throughout the church for, 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 for generations. You know, you, you have the scandals of, of, uh, of people like Joel Osteen and others like that. Then you have the one of my own cousin, Jimmy Swaggart. Now, the way you handle this is the same. I don't care what scandal it is. You acknowledge that, yes, there have been people in the church who have messed up. But that's the same anywhere. Are you going to turn your back on everything in life just because somebody somewhere messed up in it? But you see, Jesus made it clear in his own words how he feels about these hypocrites like this. And yes, it is important that, that at some point we all need to talk about these things. But when we're evangelizing, we shouldn't worry about these things. We need to keep the focus of the conversation while we're evangelizing where it belongs. And that is on Jesus and this person's need for Jesus. Number five on my list here. I don't know enough about my faith and they'll ask me something that I don't know the answer to. This one, again, is, for me personally, easy for me to answer. I touched on this a little bit in, in that same episode Sunday. When someone asks you a question that you don't know the answer to, you should be honest. Admit. Admit that you do not know the answer to it. But let them know, hey, I will get that answer for you. This is another chance, like, like with the holiness situation there. It gives you a chance to grow, this time in knowledge, right? But sometimes there will be a, a, a non-Christian, and, I, and I don't, definitely pay attention to what I'm about to tell you, because there are times when these non-Christians will ask you something that's only to cause a diversion for you. What you need to do in that situation is just simply... Steer them back to the gospel. Remember that Samaritan woman, because she tried to catch Jesus with a question just like that one. And when she did, what we see Jesus do, again, I talk about the way of the master. Jesus responded very briefly 
and he went back to the heart of the matter. He went back to the heart of the matter. Now, I didn't write uh, the, the verse down this time, but I'm going to, because I know this is a lot shorter than I thought it would be, I'm going to go ahead and um, pull the verses up, and we'll read them together. John chapter 4, verses 19 to 26. It says, The woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and you and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh, when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet in Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman saying unto him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am him. You see, Jesus. she, she took Jesus to where we worship. That was a distraction. But Jesus called her right back to where it needed to be. That's the, that is what we do. Okay? So, what about number six? Number six is this. They already have their own religion, and they are even better than us Christians. And this is one that bugs me. I'm going to try to keep it very, um, very uh, gentle. And I'm just going to... I'm just going to read you what Pope John Paul II read, because John... Or what he said. Uh, I... We need to bring people to Jesus. Get them away from these false religions. There's many false religions out there that people think are better. But I'm going to steer it and try to keep it soft. We're going to look at what Pope John Paul II said. Uh, this is in regards to other religions. Pope John Paul II said this, does not eliminate the need for the explicit proclamation of the gospel in its fullness especially in the context of the rich array of cultures and religions in Asia, it must be pointed out that neither respect and esteem for these religions nor the complexity of the questions are an invitation to the church to withhold from these non-Christians the proclamation of Jesus Christ. Now, this was in Ecclesia in Asia, Nos 20. Do you notice what he says here? Just because they they have their own religion does not exclude them from learning about the gospel. Go back and listen to my episode on judging if you haven't already. We need to stop this. Worrying about, we, we think we're not supposed to judge, but we are. Look at Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a great teacher of the law. And when we watch this, Nicodemus was, to all the people around him, the holiest man because he was the great, like I said, he was the great teacher of the law. And what did Jesus tell him? That he needed to be born again. Yes, we should respect 
everyone. We should respect their rights. But do you know what else we should respect? Their right to know Jesus. Do it gently, but we have to realize that they have the right to know him. Okay, moving along here. We're going to go to number seven. Number seven says, I don't want to come across as a pushy religious fanatic. If my friends want to know about Christianity, they will ask. This one right here. This is one that when I first got started, I was very guilty of. Let me ask you a question. You have a friend, and that friend has cancer. You have the cure. Would it be pushy for you to go to that friend and say, I have the cure for cancer? No. There are plenty of times in the Bible that we see, again, the way of the master, Jesus and his disciples, they will go into a town. They're not invited to be there. No one asked them to come. But they go there and they preach the gospel. Go read John chapters 4 and 5. Go look at Acts chapter 8, verses 26 to 40. There's a big difference between being between disagreeing with someone and being disagreeable. Jesus tells us what to do when people do not want to accept the message. This again, this is something you heard me very early in my ministry, if you've been following me long enough, say. But Jesus, when he said, when people don't want to accept the message, shake the dust off your feet and walk away. That's in Matthew chapter 10, verse 14. Now let's go to number eight. Now this one says, honestly, I'm scared that they will reject me. This is not groundless, okay? I'm not going to say that it is. There are many people who have this particular fear. Fear that they're going to yell at me, they're going to say that I'm a bigot. I've been called that. You're a religious fanatic. Been called that. There's a lot of things that will happen. And this is something that a lot of people are afraid of. But you need to remember something. Because this is one that, in my opinion, I feel people have a belief in. I, th I think people believe that if they go to... if they that Jesus promised us that we would be popular and that we would be loved by everyone and things like that. But that's not true. Jesus did not promise us that we would be popular. He promised us persecution. Matthew chapter 5, verse 11 says this, Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Jesus himself was rejected. Why do you think it should be any different for you? Jesus said, whoever rejects you rejects me, but whosoever rejects me rejects him who sent me. That's in Luke chapter 10, verse 16. If someone rejects you, don't take it personally, okay? This is one of the ways that we know that we have true faith. When you want to please God and you're not afraid that people will reject you, 
Okay. Bill Bright once said this. Bill Bright said, success in witnessing is simply sharing Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit and leaving the results to God. Verse nine. I'm sorry, not verse nine, but number nine. (laughs) Number nine is, I don't have the time to evangelize. (laughs) Wow. This one to me is one of the saddest ones that I ever heard. Seriously. Isn't it weird how you always find time to do the things that you think are important? Even if you cannot find time to disciple in evangelism, you can still share with the people around you what God has done for you. The changes that he's made in your life. And let me ask you this, when it comes to evangelizing, you can pass out tracks. That's right. You can get some tracks. You're walking by a you're walking through the grocery store doing your grocery shopping, you're going to pass by those shelves, those little racks on the front of the store that where people give out free things. Lay a couple tracks there. You're going to the library doing you some research on something or or you you see a phone book or whatever. Stick a tract in it. That is evangelizing. You are sharing the gospel of God. There's always time to evangelize. Always. You hear somebody complaining about something going on in their life. Oh, their their wife or husband or kid is sick. Hey, I'll say a prayer for you. I pray the you know the Lord will. It's easy. And you always have time for that. So that's why this one to me is always one of the saddest ones when I hear it. I don't have time to do it. Number 10, the last one on my list here. Um, I don't know how to evangelize. Now this one is, this one's a bit more complicated. Okay. And if you want me to, I can do a whole list of things to help with this one. Uh, just let me know. Send me a, a, a message somewhere. Just say, hey, I would like to hear that how to evangelize thing. And I, I'll, I'll be glad to do a list on that one. Um, but I'm, I'm going to touch on a little bit here. There are many books out there on how to evangelize. Um, you can find them in a lot of places. There's websites that'll do it. There are many people who would be more than happy to allow you to watch them do it. Like Ray Comfort, for example. Ray Comfort's an evangelist, and he has several YouTube channels dedicated to this subject. Living Waters, uh, Living Waters, uh, one of them is Living Waters, one of them is Ray Comfort just witnessing. There's many channels where you can watch. In fact, Ray Comfort has a whole series called The School of Biblical Evangelism. Um, I studied that book. He's got a, it's a, you can get it in a book form, which is pretty thick. Um, and then, like I said, he's got the YouTube videos on it. And on his Living Waters website, you can actually order uh, a DVD set where you can study it. But there's there's plenty out there. You just look for it. Um, share my videos. That's evangelizing. When you share those videos, you are evangelizing. There's a lot that you can do to evangelize. 
So just 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 think about that. And let me know if you want that want that episode on um, methods of evangelizing. I'll, I'll be more than happy to to uh, make a make a, a podcast episode on that. So I want to thank you all for joining me here again. I I, I hope this one touched you in some way and, and, and puts a light in, puts a light on your path, you know? Um, so thank you all for joining me here. Pray the Lord continues to bless and keep you. I'll see you all soon. God bless you. And I love you. You have been listening to sermons in the park with Reverend Jamie McCaskill. Be sure to follow us on YouTube, BitChute, and rumble. And as always, thank you for listening. There's joy for the morning. Sinner, be still. Earth has no sorrow. Heaven can't heal. Earth has no sorrow. Heaven can't heal. So lay down your.